What is up, Conscious Monkeys? Welcome to another episode of Catch Up with Clayton. As always, I'm your host, Clayton, and we got a week in review for you. So this would be spanning back to May 5th, May 4th, May 5th, May 4th. And at the t- our last chat, I was in New York, and now I'm back in Pittsburgh. And so I guess I wanted to give you guys a final review of New York and what my thoughts were. And my first thought that I figured this out on the first day was excellent branding. New York absolutely killed the branding initiative. I was, what did I do? I walked in lower Manhattan. I walked kind of just north into Central Park. And I saw so many things that were, you know, these milestones. It was things like, well, Central Park for sure. Uh, the Apple Store. I saw Radio City Music Hall. I saw the Rockefeller Center. Saw the Empire State Building. You know, I, I saw all these things and it just, it was like, hey, this is that thing. And it kind of was just interesting because I never realized how it was all centralized in this area of lower Manhattan. And I thought it was cool. It was like, oh, I've seen that before. Or, oh, I've seen that in a movie. So my first and overall review is New York kills the branding. They they did a great job. There were certain scenes, let's say, that I saw that like scenes, like scenery, not, I guess that's what I was trying to say by scenes, not like movie scenes. <laughs> Gotta love English that I wasn't even looking for. And I was like, Oh, I didn't realize that was in New York or like, Oh, that's in New York as well. So New York branding on point. Another thing I noticed was how diverse it was. I thought this was so cool. As I was walking, paying attention to the people around me, I could tell that there was just a very constant shift in the language that was being spoken. Anything from Portuguese to Spanish to Russian to English, of course, some Chinese. And I honestly just thought it was so incredible to see that shift of how many different languages were in this one location. And I guess it's super congested. There's a lot of people there, so it makes sense. There was a story of me getting into an elevator and trying to be friendly at the bottom of the elevator, I said something to this woman, forget what it was. And she kind of gave me like this half smile of like, I heard you, but I didn't hear you. And so we get into the elevator and listening to my intuition, it's like, Hey, this lady probably doesn't speak English. Say something again. And so I said, do you speak English? And she kind of shook her head and I was like, Spanish. She said, a little bit Portuguese. She was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, so cool. And so in Portuguese, I was like, hey, I spent two months in Porto Alegre. You know, where are you from? She was like, I'm from Rio. I was like, oh, are you liking it here? She's like, yeah. And I think I caught her completely off guard. I don't think she was ready for it at all because she seemed kind of flustered, <laughs> which I think is a common occurrence. Like Americans don't really speak Portuguese. And so to, to see that she was like, wait, what? Like an American is speaking Portuguese. That's that's not allowed. We don't do that. So I thought that was super cool. And honestly, another reason to just learn languages, because then you get to connect with more people, which is something I need to get back to. I need to get back to learning more languages, but that'll be that's for the future. Um, another note that I have here is I actually got to get back to New York and do like a museum tour because they had probably 10 museums I saw that I was like, oh, I want to go and see that or I want to do that. And I just didn't have time. There was so much to do in New York that I didn't have time to do it. I didn't have time to see it. And even as I was leaving, I saw more museums. And so 
I'm going to have to go back and actually do a whole museum tour of New York because it's, it was amazing how many there were, but in the future. And the last note I have here is that I think New York would be a place that I would, I would buy a house there and just live out for like a month out of the year or something like that. That was kind of my understanding of it. I don't think I would put too much. Uh, I don't think I would live there full time. It wasn't really my vibe. The sun, this was another thing. The sun, because it's so built up, the sun wasn't really getting into all of the streets very well, or at all for that matter. So I had this idea, and I'm not sure how it would happen. Anyone who hears this, take this idea and run with it. They should set up some sort of like mirrors on top of these roofs that would then project sun down onto the streets. Now, with that being said, I could think of a shit ton of problems that would come with that. Everything from blinding drivers to amplifying the sun to such a degree that it'd be too hot for people to walk. But those are minor things. I think it would be beautiful to find a way to get the sun in between the buildings. Regardless, there's a reason I don't live there, nor do I plan to fully live there. But I don't know. Anyone in New York, take that, take it to your mayor. See what you guys can come up with. Try not to kill people in the process. <laughs> I don't know why I added that in there. Maybe because like magnifying sun is never. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I digress. Shout outs. I've got two shout outs that I want to take a little bit of time to talk about. The first one is Ross Newkirk, who is the guy that I interviewed and released the interview with on Monday. Number one, go listen to that interview because it's really powerful. It's really powerful and it's, it's pretty, it's pretty perplexing. It's pretty amazing. The way that we kind of dissect conspiracy theories, invention, conspiracy theories. We also dissect some of the things that he created, which I had the beautiful, I had the pleasure to actually visit a guy by the name of uh, Dr. Norin Maloff in New York, who has his own practice there. And basically he buys all of these harmonizing equipments, you know, stuff from Ross and various other people that take advantage of the information field that is around our human body. And this could be seen, I think he was describing it as like the sixth limb of the sixth limb of science. And the idea is, is that it's this information field that's around all of us. It's around all things. I think it could also be kind of seen as the Akashic records, something that we've talked about here before that holds on to everything that we come into contact with, that we perceive that we are, excuse me, got burps, just made a pretty dope smoothie and life happens. And so all of these technologies are made with consideration to the information field around us. Now, super cool place. I can get you guys the information if it's interested, but uh, Dr. Norrin Maloff. So go search him up. He's super great host too. shout out to him as well. Incredible time with him. Great guy. Incredibly, what's the word? Hospitable. Showed me all these dope technologies, stuff that kind of went over my head. And I was partially like, there's no way some of these things do what they do, but so cool. Uh, he showed me Ross's EMF harmonizer. He showed me his, uh, this like bed. It was a qua- it's called a quantum flow unit. And basically it's this bed you lay in and they play like vibrations and sounds and uh, sounds and other harmonizing frequencies around your body that gets you into this deep place of meditation. And I shit you not towards the end of it, I started hallucinating, like maybe not hallucinating, but seeing 
visions in my mind's eye. And I was like, holy shit, like this is powerful. I was like in this canoe on a boat and and it wasn't like colored in, but it was like the outline of it all. And so it was uh, super fascinating. So I, you know, it's of course, uh, the quantum flow unit is a $63,000 product. So in the future, I'll be uh, investing in one of those, right? Anyhow, um, after experiencing all of this stuff, I was like, dude, I got to, you know, I got to check out some of Ross's stuff. And, and so I actually purchased, uh, if you go on his website, consciousnechnologiesllc.com, there's a phone harmonizer, which we actually talk about in the, which we actually talk about in the episode with them. And it basically harmonizes the EMF frequency of our phone with the harm, with the frequency of our body. And so, uh, you know, the part of it could be placebo, but I think there's actually a legitimate science to it. Um, so again, it's a little bit over my head, but I believe it. <coughs> oh, excuse me. That was weird, but I believe it. And so I ordered, I order it and it was pretty cool. It was in the formation. The uh, imprint is Metatron's Q, which is like basically holds all the elements within it. It's kind of the idea of like, that you can make any of the elements out of Metatron's cube, which is also a part of sacred geometry. And uh, that's a whole conversation in its own right that I am not qualified to give you a conversation about, which, so I order it. Right. And here's the cool part, right? Is I order it and it comes in the mail and I open it up, and there it is. Well, Ross, being the amazing guy that he is, threw in a necklace, which also harmonizes. It's basically the same material, but he threw in a necklace as a thank you. And I was like, damn, dude, this is awesome. And it was some sort of pattern or configuration that I had never seen before. I go and research it, and it's the... I, I apologize if I pronounce this wrong, so nobody get mad at me. But the Siri Yantra, which is this Hindu symbol made again from sacred geometry that represents like it was kind of over my head, but it essentially represents like all these different gods and the understanding of how it's all interconnected and the way you pray and this whole thing. Well, I got a necklace for it. So it's pretty dope where it gets crazy is well here. Let me start by saying this. I've never really seen the Suryantra before and Suryantra. I hope that's how you pronounce it. I, I'm going to have to verify that but Suryantra and I've never really seen it before. Maybe I have, but I never was consciously aware of it. Well, it was probably the same day or it was the day after. I can't remember of me receiving this necklace that a podcast reached out to me to come on their podcast. And I shit you not. Their logo is the Suryantra. And I was like, Holy shit. <laughs> this universe, man, like there will be connections that you find that you just can't put into words. It, it's really quite something else. It, it's really fascinating. And I actually have in my, I'll let that digest for a second, but moving on, I actually have another crazy coincidence that occurred. And, um, this is my second or third shout out, I guess of this podcast. And it's to Jim Nova. So Jim, if you're listening, thank you, bud. Appreciate you. You sounded like a diehard uh, podcast guy who was, down to listen to um, the podcast and get in tune. So welcome, Jim. Welcome to another conscious monkey by the name of Jim Nova. And so Jim actually plays with the Pittsburgh symphony orchestra as a trombone player. And so we had a great conversation about the symphony, about the orchestra. You know, he's telling me about how he loves podcasts. I told him about my podcast. It was all good. It's like, Oh, cool. Like let's stay in touch. Da, 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 da. And he 
you know, he tells me to look him up and stuff. And I was like, all right, cool. And so I go online and I find his website. Now, his website, he has, what is it? A whole album. I think we determined the words album. A whole album of him playing all these different Star Wars songs only using the trombone. And why I found this crazy was, is because when Jim and I met, the most recent podcast that I laid out was uh, on my catch up with Clayton, which would have been the last episode before this. And the title of it starts off with May the 4th and May the 4th is a reference to a star Wars. May the force be with you. And May the 4th being, it's like, I guess it's pseudo holiday. I'm not a huge star Wars fan. I, I respect it, but I'm not a huge star Wars guy. And so I found this as to be another crazy coincidence of like, holy shit, Jim on his homepage has this whole entire star Wars or not orchestra star Wars song trilogy. I don't know. That's not the right word song album. This whole album dedicated to star Wars via the trombone. Meanwhile, the very last thing I put on my episodes was may the fourth. And I've never really ever, I don't think made a star Wars reference on here before, before that episode. And I honestly couldn't even tell you why I talked about May the 4th. I don't even think I planned to talk about it. I, I think I just read that it was the 4th, and so I went with the rift. <sighs> I don't know. Uh, hopefully you can tell by my voice I'm energized whenever these little minor connections come through. So I'll give you... I'm going to take a sip of my smoothie. You, you digest that while I digest the smoothie. Uh, I should get into the smoothie business. Just kidding. Let's stick to spirituality and consciousness for now. <laughs> Moving along. All right. There's a show I want to talk about on, I believe, History Channel. It's called Ancient Aliens. Basically, they dive into like the old Mayans, these old Egyptian, the old everything, the ancient societies of Earth, and try to figure out proof that aliens helped aid in these these buildings and these elevated consciousness, elevated consciousnesses and elevating the consciousness of humanity. Let's say that now the reason I'm bringing this up is because there's an episode I want to talk about in particular and it's season 12, episode 10, and it's called the Akashic record. And it's how crazy because my life has been blasted with the Akashic records lately. Uh, Monday, I, I had like a pathway communication with a girl to help me open up my channel to the Akashic records earlier this morning. I just had an interview, which will be interview number 37. So we got a little bit of time before it airs, but we talk about the Akashic records again. So, um, it's really fascinating that this episode then came on yesterday and it got me thinking about kind of ancient aliens as a whole, because there's a lot of truth in what they say. Like there's so much truth. The issue that I have with it is that there's also a lot of falsity that they put within it as well. And maybe this is just a consequence of the human conditioning. Maybe it's a lack of understanding, but they put a lot of things that are true and a lot of things that are false. So it makes it easy for people to dismiss it. And I don't know how this universe is playing out, but maybe that's a, maybe that's a point. Maybe they want people to discern for themselves what's true, true and what's false. Well, one thing that really jutted out at me because they, they dropped a lot of knowledge about the Akashic records that was accurate. The problem was, is that there's this one guy who said 
with regards to the Akashic records, our brain is not evolved to interpret them, that we need to evolve more in order to interpret the Akashic records. And they said it like four times in this episode. So if you go listen, you'll hear him say it like four times. And I'm sitting there like, like ready to, ready to beat, beat this dude with a, with a stick. Right. Is that the expression? Beat him with a stick. Because that's, that's not the way it's not accurate. It's not a complete picture, right? They said this multiple times. And also this highlights a limiting belief that we have that we need to evolve more. And it's like, no, no. We, we don't need to evolve more to pay attention to it. We need to, in a sense, evolve less. We need to take a step back from our overthinking brain and fall more into this balance and harmony that we have within ourselves and step out of the polarity. It's, it's not an issue of evolution. It's an issue of where we're placing our attention. Um, and so, and so the way, and I have it written really well right here, actually, the reason I believe that there's so much truth and so much falsity is that the people that they have on this show that they're talking about it are talking as if they believe that it's true, but then they're trying to articulate it without fully understanding what it is. And that, and that conjunction leads to misinformation, leads to not knowing. They believe in its truth, but don't know how to articulate it, and thus it spreads a little bit of misinformation about how it's achieved, the accessness, you know, he's projecting, wow, this is probably a way to see it by him saying our brain is not evolved. He is projecting that he is not able to do it. So therefore there must be a fundamental flaw in our human biology because he is unable to access the Akashic records. When in fact, this is not the truth at all. We all have this ability. I, I, I don't care who you are. I don't care what you think. Well, I care what you think, but your thoughts are going to be that limiting belief. Like if you think you can't do it, you're right. So take that for what it is. I'm getting a little heated up <laughs> over this stuff, but hopefully that leads you some understanding with regards to the Akashic records, with aliens, with UFOs, with all these things, with the political sphere. You could take this really into anything. Whenever you figure out that people believe what they're talking about, but don't fully understand it, that's whenever you find this dichotomy of truth and falsity. So Take these things with discernment. Um, I, just myself, I'm learning better to say I don't really know. I, it's something I think I'm learning a lot more. And even with like the Suryantra thing, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that word right. So I, I, I try to refrain from explaining it because I don't really know. It's like I'll, I'll tell you if I think there's truth in it, but I don't really fully understand it. You know, it's kind of like that duality. Regardless, regardless, <sighs> that's gonna be our show for today. I want to wrap it up by. Uh, telling you guys some website updates. Like I'm, I'm putting together an app, a traveling to consciousness app. How cool would that be? That's going to be really cool. Right? Like, right. Just validate me on that. Be like, yeah, Clay. And it's going to be super cool. Did you say it? Say it out loud. Yeah. Clay. And the app's going to be super cool. <laughs> All right, cool. Thanks. I appreciate you validating me. Um, there's going to be features. We're going to have an app. It's going to have the blog. It's going to have a blog on it. It's going to have these podcast episodes. I'm going to have the digital course. And this is leading me to just let you guys know that this is, I'll lay it out. I'm going to tell you my monetization plan because I think you guys should know. I want to be transparent as possible that once the website is active, I'm going to start putting ads into my, let me think here. I'm going to start putting ads into my podcast episodes. Now, what you will be able to do is actually sign up on the app 
or sign up on the website and you'll be able to pay monthly to get the podcast without ads, which it's going to be, I think $3 a month is what I'm planning to do. This will also give you access to any challenges I come out with, excuse me. And maybe I'll try to throw in some extra little things. I wrote down somewhere. I can't find it at the moment, but, um, gotta start monetizing this. So the first tier, well, first tier will be free. So you can get like email notifications. You can get push notifications when new episodes come out, when new contact gets released. And then the next tier will have all of that, but then added on top of it will be the podcast without ads. You'll be able to see it all. You'll be able to hear it all. No ads, no interruption, $3 a month, guys. That's like 75 cents an episode. If you, if you include these catch up with Clayton episodes, it's even less. It's half of that. So that's going to be there. And then there's going to be a, uh, another model that'll be even more expensive, like a $20 model. And I'll throw in like all my digital courses. We'll do like weekly meetups, a whole bunch of other stuff. And the cool thing is, is that these prices are going to be locked in. So once you sign up for like a $3 a month or $20 a month membership, you're in for life. That's your price until you cancel and come back. And it's to incentivize you guys to stay because more, more content is going to be coming out. And it's really a belief in me. This is a level of saying, okay, like maybe it's a little, maybe, I mean, it's going to be well-priced. I don't know why I'm saying that. It's a belief that I'm telling, I'm being honest with you guys, I guess. And so, yeah. So, I mean, you know, in the future, as I add digital courses to the more expensive tier, I mean, I'm going to raise the price from 20 to $40. Like it's just going to get doubled every time I add a new course. So by you giving 20, spending $20 now, it's like one of these like future things where you're like, yeah, I believe in what Clayton's doing and he's going to keep providing value. So, you know, shout out you guys. And if I ever drop the ball on that, you know, then, you know, we'll, <laughs> we'll cross that bridge. I don't see that happening. So I don't even know how to touch on that. Uh, regardless, I finished up the 999 meditation challenge. That's going to drop whenever I drop the app as well. Um, but yeah, I don't want to drag on this any further. Other than that, I just want to let you guys know that I appreciate you. Thank you for being here. And like always, let's continue to grow together.